Hey everyone, this is James from Film to Film bringing you another podcast. Uh, this is going to be another solo podcast and the first review. So I am pleased to be talking today about, in my opinion, one of Lau Long's best films. I don't know if I'd actually put it in the top three, but it's certainly in like maybe the top five to 10. Uh, Executioners from Shaolin, 1977. The Hong Kong name uh, that was released to Chinese audiences is Hong Shu Guan, which is the name of um, the character that Chen Quan Tai plays and basically the protagonist through uh, at least the vast majority of this film. So quick synopsis uh, before we kind of get into this. Uh, a multi-generational revenge story about taking revenge on an evil monk who is responsible for sharing a temple. Uh, that was written by myself. Um, and this project, we're really just kind of working through a bunch of different Lao Kar Lung films. Um, I have a couple episodes where I'm not talking about a specific film, but kind of talking through his choreography or some of his themes. So uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you can tweet at me at ZAFilmToFilm um, or uh, email us at ZAFilmToFilm at gmail.com. So first, a little bit of background. And specifically, I want to talk about why to watch this film, why it's significant. Um, I talked about how this is uh, the quality of this film. In my opinion, this is, if you have in any sort of passing interest in kind of these traditional martial arts films, this film is essential viewing. Basically why I chose this film is I wanted to choose one of the three films that came before kind of the big film that is kind of the quintessential uh, Lao Kar Lung film, 36 Chamber of Shaolin, which came out in 1978, so just a year after this film. Um, and in my opinion, this is the best of those three, the other two being Spiritual Boxer and Challenge of the Masters. Both fine films, in my opinion, but don't quite reach the heights of this. And this hits a lot of uh, kind of well-known uh, kung fu genre tropes. Um, uh, in some ways, it's very much kind of your classic tale of revenge, and it can certainly be enjoyed on that level. I think it's an enjoyable film in that way. But I think there's quite a bit more going on here. And the more I've watched sort of these films, uh, and coming back to this after re-watching and watching anew a lot of different Shaw Brothers as well as other different studios films, I think this film, um, you know, uh, there, there's a lot going on specifically with uh, the genders of this film and uh, Pai Mei and uh, Wang Yue's character at the end when they have their final confrontation. And I think it also does a good job of subverting some of the expectations of who our uh, hero ends up being in the end too. So I think while it can absolutely be enjoyed just straightforwardly as a good film, uh, a fun film to enjoy, uh, things like the choreography of course are excellent as we would expect from a Lao Kar Long film. I think there's more going on here uh, that is worth um, uh, bringing up and I think knowing those things can be enjoyable. So we will be spoiling this film uh, for sure. Um, let's see, what else did I have there? Um, this is a good showcase for kind of the Hungar style too. Uh, most importantly, that's a part of kind of Lao Kar Long's martial arts lineage. Hong Shi Guan is kind of one of those figures that is created, um, is credited with being uh, amongst that lineage. In fact, he comes from further up the food chain uh, from earlier in the time period than someone like Wang Fieh Hung, who is uh, Lao Karn Long, can trace his kind of martial arts lineage straight back to him. So in that, that sense, this film takes place uh, before Wang Fieh Hung's time. Uh, but it showcases uh, kind of the origins of this style. And the tiger style, which is what um, Chen Quan Tai's character, Hong Shi Guan, is using in this film, is a part of uh, the Hungar style, as is the crane style, which is seen as kind of like the more feminine form of this. Again, I'm not a martial arts expert or anything along those lines at all, but if, even if you 
look up the Hungar definition on Wikipedia, you'll see that there is a pairing of the um, Tiger style with the crane. So uh, this film, while it's certainly not, uh, definitely not going to be a documentary or a 100% historically accurate document, creatively shows how these two styles uh, may have been uh, combined and why they are effective in that way too. Um, and the last thing why this film is absolutely worth watching is it might have the absolute best Shaw Brothers villain of all time here uh, with Lo and Leah playing the iconic Pai Mei here who is um, basically takes the form of uh, the court eunuch. Um, it's not necessarily made 100% clear, which is fine by me, what his the status of his genitalia are, but um, he is basically b being dressed in all white um, and bearded, which is the same as um, the dragon in uh, Eunuch, uh, the great villain of that film as well. So um, he's certainly coded as being um, kind of genderless, including uh, in some of the fight scenes where that might uh, feature more prominently than you would expect into it. Okay, so a little bit more about the background here. Uh, that's, in my opinion, why you should watch this film. Um, this uh, is not a part of the Chongche Shaolin Temple or Shaolin Cycle, as it's often called, um, but it's the Lao Kar Long take on that. So a little bit about the Shaolin Cycle. Um, Chongche, uh, so depending on who you ask, if you were to ask Chongche or Lao Kar Long, uh, what, who came up with the idea of centering these films around the uh, burning of the Shaolin Temple, you would get two different answers. Um, and they have both kind of tried to take uh, credit for the ideas here. But basically, Chang Che and Bar Long, as his martial arts choreographer, had created a number of different films all centered around kind of the burning of the Shaolin Temple. There are some that take place before uh, the temple is born, burned, and there are others that take place like immediately after. This film takes place immediately after. So it's very similar to The Five Shaolin Masters, a film that they both worked together just a couple of years before. Uh, basically, the burning of the temple happens, and the rebels are dispersed, and we get to see the aftermath of what happens there. In the case of The Five Shaolin Masters, uh, which is very much a Chang Che film, um, the masters all get dispersed. Uh, they kind of discuss strategy and what to do, and what ends up happening is they all kind of end up on their individual revenge tales where they all take revenge on uh, some of the Qing uh, dynasty forces. So uh, the Shaolin cycle in these films um, just as the case in almost all of these martial arts films is this, the Qing dynasty is evil. They are the enemy. They are the Manchurians. Um, and they're sometimes referred to as the Tartars, um, but they are kind of the villains of this film. And that's the case here too. So the government uh, Qing dynasty forces are against the Shaolin Temple, the Hungar style, which is seen as sort of this rebellious style too. And in the f this film, this sort of plays out in a number of different ways. Uh, of course, our lead antagonist, uh, Lonely as character, Pai Mei, is, uh, is part of basically the Qing occupying forces, whereas uh, Chen Kuantai's character Hong Shui Guan and his family are kind of the anti-Qing. Um, but before that, before we have sort of those individual confrontations that occur throughout the film, uh, we do have this part where they are dispersed and kind of like this is the part in the Five Shaolin Masters where they discuss strategy. In here, basically, they have these red boats that are going around and they're basically a theatrical troupe where they're making these plays. Um, and they basically have anti-occupying force, anti-Qing themes to them, 
And so they're basically kind of um, uh, flushing out people with uh, Qing Dynasty sympathies and then sort of uh, basically eliminating them from there. So that's kind of the background of what's going on. And eventually that gets stopped and we kind of move on to uh, another section of the film. But that's a little bit of the historical background there. Um, I watched this film, uh, subtitled, this film um, is... Uh, in Mandarin, I believe is the original language. My preference is almost always to watch these films in the original language. Um, while the dub versions certainly have their charm and I wouldn't blame anyone for doing that, I personally enjoy the kind of like original language uh, Mandarin uh, track in, in this case. Um, Lao Kar Long would go on to make a number of films, mostly in Cantonese, so that this is a little bit of an oddity, but Shaw uh, certainly earlier uh, had its start as kind of more of a Mandarin language uh, uh, studio. Uh, its founders and stuff were from Mandarin-speaking parts of China, uh, the mainland. So that's why uh, this film would be in Mandarin, even though uh, a lot of the chief um, uh, performers in this film were of uh, more of like the Southern Chinese Cantonese uh, heritage there. Uh, so I had seen this film once before uh, when I had been going through uh, kind of Lao Kar Long films very, very early, and I don't think I quite cared for it as much. Watching it now with a little bit more um, attention to the details and how the plot's constructed, I think I, I get a whole lot more out of this film. So I've watched this film a few times in the last uh, couple of years here. Um, a little bit about... Um, so. We talked a little bit about how Hong Shuwan is a real life figure, and he's a part of that kind of like Hungar uh, uh, martial arts style. Pai Mei is also part of that too. Uh, in fact, he, uh, you know, he. Uh, th this is another part where Chinese history gets very muddled. Uh, there's a lot of things that say that he's a, a real figure, and he's basically kind of like a Judas-like um, um, figure, where he sort of betrayed uh, the Shaolin Temple. Um, and uh, sided with the Qing dynasty. So in that sense, um, he is the villain here, even though he has kind of that same thing. And so if you notice him fighting, he is also fighting with that kind of like Hungar style. And you can see that he is familiar with the tiger style that uh, Chen Kuan Tai is doing. Okay, so let's get on to a little bit more um, well, real fast, actually, I want to run through the cast. So we have Chen Quan Tai, who really had his breakout with Chong Che in Boxer from Chantung. He's in a number of those films, uh, kind of starring alongside uh, David Chang and Tai Lung in a lot of those. Um, usually a very, very um, good presence. He's a good martial artist. Uh, Lao Kar Lung, if you hear people talk about him, they say how he wants people to be able to perform a lot of different moves at once. He does still cut often, but he... You can tell that there are uh, the actors really know how to perform his different uh, uh, moves, and so in that case, Chen Quan Tai fits in great. Um, we also have Lily Lee. Uh, Chen Quan Tai and Lily Dean Lee, I'd say, are very reliable performers. They're in a whole lot of movies, uh, mostly with Shaw Brothers, but some without, um, especially as uh, time went on and sort of the Shaw peak uh, faded. We also have Wang Yua here, who was never a big star, but is in a bunch of Lao Kar Long films. He actually starred in Lao Kar Long's first film, Spiritual Boxer. Um, he's not quite as associated with the director as someone like Gordon Liu, but, uh, you know, he's he's around uh, for sure. And then, of course, Lonely, who gives just a great performance here. And I think um, if you look at him compared with someone else that's kind of stereotypically cast as the villain, someone like uh, Wang Long Wei, uh, um, he is definitely a 
actor with a lot more range. And in my opinion, he's one of my favorite Shaw Brothers actors. He can go into horror. He can play the uh, hero, the protagonist, as he did a lot of times earlier in his career. Um, he can sort of be the dark brooding hero. Um, here he plays basically like uh, uh, just a total cocky asshole. Um, and unlike someone like Wing Long Wei, who is probably the better fighter, uh, if you were to compare the two, he's willing to get weird. And so he, he, he gives some of my favorite uh, Shaw Brothers performances t for sure. Um, so you have some, here playing like a pretty over the top and outrageous Pai Mei. And I think in, in my opinion, he's definitely one of the top two or three reasons to enjoy this film is just sort of his absolutely iconic performance. Um, but he's also able to do something like Dirty Huh, uh, which is a film that came just a couple years later where he where he performs in this incredibly intricate fight um, featuring a number of different um, uh, fighters. And so he's someone that uh, I think, you know, gets a lot of praise, but I think it is certainly well-deserved uh, in his case. Okay, so onto the film. On its face, this film uh, kind of really feels like a very, very standard standard Chang Che or standard Shaw Brothers film. Uh, if you were to look at the synopsis, you're not going to see a whole lot special there. Revenge, uh, like there's a big opening and the way it opens, you know, it, it opens in like a fairly interesting way, but it's a way that's been done many times. We see the temple burning. We see a bunch of people fighting. We see basically the Shaolin rebels getting eliminated there. And it's decently bloody and in many ways would fit right in with a Chang Che film. We even see Gordon Liu kind of die a heroic death to defend his brothers, very much a Chong Che way to die, basically getting impaled with a bunch of different rebels. So in that sense, very, very similar to something like Five Shaolin Masters, and it starts that way. And, um, and for a while there, it feels very much kind of like a very standard film. It's well done, don't get me wrong about that, uh, but it is uh, kind of very much uh, by the book in that sense. And that's where it starts to diverge is when we get introduced to this Lily Lee character who eventually plays, who plays the love interest for Chen Quan Tai. But um, interestingly, and this is not something that you're going to see in the heavily male um, uh, uh, Chang Che films, which are far more about kind of like how brotherly the love is so strong and it definitely kind of um, uh, supersedes any sort of like male to female love interest that you're going to get. Uh, in that sense, uh, even though it seems quite standard, uh, especially as a Western audience where kind of like that uh, heterosexual is kind of the normative uh, way that we look at things, um, it, it is quite different than Chang Che. The fact that he has female speaking roles, how they are real roles and things like that. And so Lily Lee is an absolutely capable fighter. You're not going to find many female capable fighters in Chang Che films, certainly not as his career moved along. Um, and uh, she is an expert in crane style. And so the tiger style that Chen Quan Tai practices and the crane style uh, that Lily Lee practices are sort of like coded at least as sort of the male and the female forms of hungar. So while it's technically all under kind of like this one umbrella, they're both uh, kind of like different um, uh, expressions and fighting styles um, within, uh, within hungar. And uh, basically, uh, they end up getting romantically involved. And one thing that uh, is worth mentioning here um, is when they eventually do get married, uh, his buddies, uh, his Shaolin buddies, basically keep teasing him about uh, how she's going to have to submit to him. And uh, they, she has to like open his legs for him and things like that. 
and she says, well, screw you guys. Uh, I'm not going to uh, submit unless you can uh, pry my legs open. And because she practices this crane style, uh, it, a lot of it is built around kind of like having these really sturdy legs and having like a strong stance that he can't break apart. And so he can't do it. So the wedding light night, they don't consummate their marriage. And basically he, uh, he basically cheats. He goes to her uncle and figures out how to break through it. But um, she, she expresses kind of, she has this martial arts style that is different, even though related to his. Um, and that's seen as like a valuable thing uh, that she's able to bring to this table uh, in this marriage. Um, so I don't know if you would necessarily call Lao Kar Lung a feminist director. You probably definitely wouldn't. Um, but he certainly drifts far more egalitarian than someone like Chang Che, who uh, you would, many of his films don't have a single uh, female character here. And so that is uh, kind of a welcome change uh, to kind of what had happened in the film so far, where it's very much by the books, uh, males being impaled, shouts of brotherhood, things like that, uh, kind of vowing revenge. Um, and they are also kind of richer characterizations of someone like Lily Lee, who is definitely allowed kind of a full role, even though she does get a little bit diminished towards the end, um, and Chen Quan Tai as well. And I think that uh, kind of like that family dynamic really is the heart of the film. And that's something that you're just not going to see in a lot of Chong Che films here. Um, and there's the bedroom part. Um, and so, uh, yeah, uh, one reoccurring theme that Lao Kar Long is going to have throughout his uh, filmography too. Um, and I think you can see that as a very personal issue because Lao Kar Long, we have to keep in mind, this is a guy that's a martial arts master. He, he, that's how he came into this. He was a choreographer. And so the things that matter to him are kind of how information is passed down, this master-student relationship. Um, and in this case, the master and the student, it's all in the family. And so when they eventually have a kid who is uh, Wang Yue, he ends up, uh, his dad is disinterested in him. And Tony Raines, uh, in a really good feature in the Arrow Shoscope um, uh, Blu-ray basically says that he is a delinquent master. He's not casting on this uh, tiger style to his kid. Um, but on the other hand, the mom is. So the kid is learning crane style. Interestingly, he's also dressing like a girl would um, throughout this. So he is a cross-dressing hero. So in that sense, um, and I think this is something that might be lost on Western audiences. I think it was lost on me. Is It's like we're not as familiar with the forms of kind of uh, gender dress and things like that um, at the time. So um, so I think I totally missed out on that kind of at least half of those aspects uh, the first time I watched this about 13, 14 years ago. And so, um, and so she ends up training him in crane and he's very, very strong in crane. And so he basically is proficient in crane, but not tiger style. And stubbornly, even though uh, Lily Lee's character has suggested to Hong Shi Guan to learn um, crane style from her, uh, they he, he refuses and just kind of pours himself into tiger style. His ultimate goal is to uh, get revenge for the temple burning and basically kill uh, Pai Mei, the evil um, Shaolin priest here. Um, so the road to revenge is very long. Uh, this is another theme that you're going to see in kind of Lao Kar Lung films. It's hard. There are multiple trips to the temple. Uh, you get multiple training montages like here. Um, and because Lao Kar Lung, again, is a martial artist, 
kind of the specifics, the attention to detail in these trainings matter. So you really get to get into the characters' heads and see them train. At one point, uh, Chen Quan Tai's character gets this basically dummy that he's using to um, uh, train to kind of hit the different pressure points and the acupuncture points. So each time, um, it's sort of like, you know, a football game or a basketball game. You face up against your opponent and then you make a lot of adjustments. And I think compared to other directors, uh, someone like Lao Kar Long pays a lot of attention to the detail of kind of what adjustments are you making there. Um, and that really is kind of his expertise. He's like, again, he is a martial arts master. So when he is uh, choosing to show these things, uh, you know, um, it feels like it's a little bit more um, uh, deeply felt and earnest than other directors who sometimes you get the feeling that they're just kind of going through the motions and things like that. So I think the Lao Kar Long sort of training and improving yourself and personal growth is something that I see um, while, it, while a recurring trope in a number of directors, I think it's it feels a little deeper uh, when it comes from uh, someone like him too. Um, so, of course, the fights are pretty magnificent uh, throughout the film. The opening fight is with uh, Lee Hoi-san uh, playing the uh, righteous monk um, Jershan, I think is Jershan, I think is his name here, uh, against uh, Lo Lia uh, Pai Mei, who we basically get introduced to kind of uh, their styles there. Um, and it's a great fight. Lee Hoi-san is one of the great uh, martial arts cinema, that guy. He's just around all the time for basically kind of this run of 15 to 20 years here. He's a great fighter. Usually he's kind of more villainous roles. Here he doesn't get a speaking role, but he has a great fight here at the beginning. It's all kind of like backlit with this sort of red screen too, um, which is uh, you know very interesting to see and very visually striking uh, for sure. Um, um, the, we have a number of trips to this great temple. Uh, if you are familiar with Kill Bill, you're probably familiar with Pai Mei. You're also probably familiar with kind of like these big steps that are associated with the Pai Mei character in terms of like marching up there. Um, and so that's what happens here uh, when Chen Kuan Tai eventually comes to the temple to fight with uh, Pai Mei and get revenge, which I will mention happens 10 years after uh, he basically has Wong Yue, and so his character is still a child then. And they have this big first fight here where he comes up, um, he uses the uh, tiger style, and he basically fails pretty, it, the fight is not very close, and he gets a boulder kicked down at him, um, and his friend uh, kind of takes the boulder's brunt and saves him. Uh, then another 10 years pass, we get another second trip up the fight, uh, up, up to the temple. And this fight's really great too, because we get to see Chen Quan Tai in kind of his improved tiger style. And again, he's stubbornly insisted on um, uh, just sticking with the tiger style uh, in this film. So he, rather than kind of diversifying his style, he's, he's going tiger style all the way. So again, he's better. He beats a lot of the villains. Uh, he, uh, he, and he faces against Pai Mei, and Pai Mei is impressed that he has improved. But he still loses. And here's where we get um, uh, another... Uh, we, we, we see this in the beginning, but here's where we get this great sequence in the fight between Pai Mei and um, uh, Hong Shui Guan, where, uh, where Pai Mei does this uh, insane thing where he basically sucks in his genitalia or he just sucks in uh, uh, Hong Shui Guan's foot into his crotch. And he just starts screaming and moving backwards. Um, and that's basically kind of like his kill move or how he gets advantages over his opponent. And so he 
mortally wounds Hong Shi Guan, but Hong Shi Guan uh, sort of dies a heroic death, sort of like Gordon Liu, where he ends up, they're like, okay, let's take him alive, and he ends up killing the governor with his tiger claws. So um, it's kind of this glorious, almost Chongche-ish dash death that he gets here. And in some ways, this is very um, surprising because the name of this film, again, is Hong Shi Guan. We expect him to be the hero. Chen Quan Tai is the biggest um, in this film, too. Um, him and Lo Lia are probably the most notable actors here. So you would expect this to be kind of like the conclusion, the climax of the film. But he has failed. He is literally, uh, he, he, he dies uh, in this film. So in that sense, this film, again, uh, creates something very unexpected, something a little subversive. Um, because there are still another 15 minutes to go and revenge has not been had. And revenge is just about always had in these films. So um, it's very confusing. Um, and I, I like how it's structured too because it is fairly unexpected, especially if you have not seen this film before. And that's because we get to have a third temple fight. This one with Wang Yue, who with Lily Li basically figures out that um, uh, dad has died, uh, Hong Shi Guan in this case. And so he sets out to take revenge, but before that, he has to do, of course, his training. And he only trains for one year. So again, he's already proficient in um, uh, crane style, and so his legs are extremely strong, um, but he doesn't know any tiger style because his dad, again, has been a delinquent master and has not taught him anything. And not only has dad failed him in that way, but the manual that has a uh, tiger style in it has been ripped apart by um, rodents. And so he only has a partial manual to work on. Uh, nevertheless, he goes and trains with that great little acupuncture dummy again. Um, and, uh, and a year later, he says, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to go there. And he kind of is a lot more cheeky about uh, kind of going into the temple. He sneaks in. He goes, uh, has less of like the straight heroic walk up the temple steps that Chen Kwa Dai does where he fights a lot of different villains walking up. Um, and he basically gets to face against Pai Mei here too. And so here's where we get this great fight where Wang Yue basically is mostly losing throughout the fight, but occasionally he will go into his crane style and have a couple moves that are very, very unexpected to Pai Mei. Um, and in the end, his style eventually triumphs because he's able to get on top of Pai Mei's head. And because his legs are so strong, lowly Pai Mei cannot knock him off and he ends up basically uh, punching him in the head until he dies, uh, thanks to his incredible leg strength here. And so you can read a lot into this character and um, and uh, versus Pai Mei's character too. In fact, Tony Raines uh, really expertly explores that here. Uh, he describes it as the um, genderless, in the case of Pai Mei, losing to the person that represents both genders. Um, and so even though Wang Yue's character never becomes um, as good at tiger style as Chen Quan Tai. I mean, there's no way he can without a, a suitable master and with the manual mostly torn up. But in the end, um, the tiger style and the crane style combined together is what ultimately does it. So it's saying that both different styles are valuable in a way. And it ends on um, a subtitle that basically says that uh, just that, that Pai Mei was eventually uh, eliminated with a combination of tiger and crane style. And it's uh, it's a fairly interesting and I think quite revolutionary take on this. I haven't seen it done in quite that way before. Um, this film was a huge success um, and it ended up spawning a 
sequel slash remake, The Clan of the White Lotus in 1980, which is another film that's well worth checking out. And in many ways, it sort of is, while it's not technically a Lyle Carlong directed film, Lonely Ed directed the film, uh, recasting himself in basically the same role. Um, but it features a lot of kind of the Lao Kar Long players. Uh, Lonely and Lao Kar Long were good friends, so um, uh, Lao Kar Long also did the fight choreography, which is great. And I think in many ways it feels like a bit more like a Lao Kar Long film um, than any other films coming out that were not directed by him there. So you have Gordon Liu in the lead role. Um, you have Kara Hui, another uh, kind of regular there. You even have uh, Wang Lung Wai coming back for, um, for a role as well. Uh, Xiao Ho plays one of the uh, kind of temple guards that we have here. So in many ways, it's kind of a de facto, de facto uh, Lao Kar Long film here too. Um, I don't think it's quite as good as this film. It doesn't mess around as much quite with the uh, gender politics of it all. It does a bit uh, where we have Gordon Liu uh, basically doing women's tasks uh, here and there and Kara Hui helping him. Um, but uh, well worth watching. I, I think personally, I think this film is a little bit better or more interesting. Um, that film is, you know, a nice li sort of lighthearted affair, I, I think, compared to this too. Um, so cameo-wise, of course, we already talked about Gordon Liu, who I'm not sure if that would qual qualify as cameo as so much as a small part. If you have attentive eyes, you also spot uh, Lam Ch Ching Ying, uh, Lao Kar Long, Eric Sang, Xiao Ho. Um, I think Wilson Tong's in this as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I think this is a really, really good film worth checking out. I don't think this is quite um, top tier Lao Kar Long for me, but it's just below that. Um, so I think this is absolutely essential viewing if you're interested at all. Um, so yeah, let me know how you like this review and um, kind of this breakdown of different points on the film. Highly recommend checking out this film. Arrow released a, gr a great kind of set with a lot of these different movies um, just um, a couple of years ago. So check that out if you haven't already. Um, and you can email me at zafilmtofilm at gmail.com or tweet at me at zafilmtofilm. Thank you for listening. Um, next up, what do we have? We will be talking a bit about, uh, let's see. Uh, we will be talking about the uh, themes and the ethics of uh, Lao Kar Long. So a couple of different things that he would kind of come back to over and over and uh, we'll be discussing that. So thank you for tuning in. I will see you all next time.